What's up, everybody? It's Marsha B, and we're back with another episode of the Introvert in the City podcast. So this episode, I am so thrilled to have my homegirl, Dee Carrie, as a special guest, and we're going to talk about everything... Um, we're just going to talk about a lot. Um, Dee Carrie, what's going on? You're... <laughs> what's up, y'all? Um... Marcia, thank you for having me. Very of excited about uh, the Introvert in the City re- revamp as well as your new podcast. Um, yeah, so thanks for having me. No problem. Tell the people about you. Um, so in terms of, I guess you could say, media and my creativity, I started with a blog. Shit, I don't know. I can curse, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I started years ago um, with the Vixen Experience. That was my blogging days. And then I transitioned from writing to um, YouTube because I found that I just really like talking to people and having conversations. And I started out doing written conversations, which was fun and shit, but I had a friend, shout out to Kendall Herbert. He gave me the opportunity to do my first recorded interview. And from there, I just transitioned to YouTube, did the YouTubes for a few years, and I turned 30 and left the country. After I started traveling, it just really became um, a really, really essential part of how I've been able to experience myself. Mm -hmm. And I started with a travel podcast. And um, yeah, so I have a travel podcast called Travel and Shit. And that's my baby. That's where all of my creative energies go. I also write for a publication called Taji Mag, and um, I guess you could say they're a travel content writer, and um, I love it. It's black-owned, black-centered, black-de-black, and um, I'm all on board with all things black. So between writing and my podcast, I am a pretty creatively happy person. That's what I like to hear. Um... So D. Carrie and I go back a, a couple years, yeah. a while. Um, I, I can't pinpoint who I actually met you through. I know you were friends with my then girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she had a crush on you, which was, <laughs> with, that was, that was me, what made me say, okay, I'm going to be friends with this I D. Had Carrie no girl. <laughs> Look at the, the bag opening, the person's yeah, opening. She, I don't know if it was a crush. She thought you were cute. I was like, oh yeah, she is cute. So let's be friends with this, this D. Carrie character. And stretches out on <laughs> And, but since then it's been like great vibes. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm happy that we've been able to stay connected uh, mm-hmm. through, through. I think it's it's got to be at least eight-ish years. Easy. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to... Back invite... to Marsh Bar's closet. Hello. Right. With a t-shirt today. Right. Yeah. That was back in my old-fashioned days. Um, but I wanted to invite you to the show because you have such a unique uh, story and it's a story that has a lot of stigma around it. And so you've sort of positioned yourself to be an advocate to speak out against this stigma. And I thought, what better place to do it than the Introvert in the City podcast? Because A, you get to educate me, you get to educate the uh, listeners, and then also open a few minds. 
So heavy on the open minds part because I ain't no doctor. I'm gonna start by saying this ain't what my degree is in. My shit's in communication, so the most I could do is talk about it. Yeah, but I mean, yes, definitely having heavy on the open mind um, aspect because we live in a hypercritical world, mm-hmm. and the truth is what we're about to talk about. It affects more people than they'd like to actually admit to. Right. Um. And so that's what we're trying to do is dispel the the stigma behind it. So just jump to it. I have herpes. So (laughs) that's what it is. All the fluff talk, right? And I feel like that's part of why there's such a stigma because there's so... It's a social stigma. I mean, honestly, it's not fun. Nobody fucking wants herpes. But so many people have it. And it's one of those things where I never really wanted to position myself in the place to be an advocate. But I know how much better... I felt about myself when I was able to see people that looked and sounded like me that did have general herpes. Yeah. And every time I have uh, mentioned it publicly, I've always, every single time without fail, had someone, a black woman, come to me and say, yo, says thank you. Like, yeah. I too have the herpes. And yeah. it just... It's like, I'm alive, I'm popping, I'm still cute, niggas is still in the DMs, and it's just that it's one of those things where someone looks at you and they just assume, oh, you don't have anything, or you mm-hmm. can't have anything because you just look normal, or you're just, you're pretty, so why would you have anything? Pretty people get it too. Normal people get it too, because it's just a people thing. It, there's yeah, no, it doesn't discriminate. Right. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a dirty person. It doesn't make you a promiscuous person, and I could have been, I could be as promiscuous as I want, either way. It doesn't, um, herpes doesn't say anything about myself or anyone else other than we have herpes. That's it. So tell me, uh, don't, you don't have to go into the story, but how long have you known and what was your initial reaction and how, how has that changed since? Um, I want to say I found out, first of all, I found out over the phone. So fuck healthcare practitioner on that. Sis was very, um. She, I guess because she knew how common it was, and for her as a healthcare practitioner, it wasn't a big deal. I was at work, and she called me and told me over the phone, not a, can you speak for a minute, or hey, we got some results back from you. It was just like, oh yeah, so um, got your results and you have herpes. I was at my desk, and I want to say it had to be, I remember, I remember exactly where I was. When I got the news, but I, for the life of me, cannot, I don't retain years. So I want to say, let's see, I graduated 2007, got the job 2008. So let's say between 2009, I'd say maybe 2009, 2010, give or take. Okay. Um, I did not appreciate the way that she just, you know, cavalierly just told me over the phone. Um, so that, that definitely wasn't a good way to have it delivered. But that aside, um, she also told me that I didn't have to tell anybody. She was like, well, you don't have to tell any of your partners. You don't have to say anything. It's just what it is. It's really normal. And that was the approach I took to it initially because I didn't know anything. And then you get on the Googles because it's not like they provide any literature. They don't give you any information. It's kind of just like saying, somebody saying to you, you're pregnant. So you're about to have a forever kid, like you have a kid forever and there's no paperwork. They don't come in. They don't explain anything to you. There's no handholding. So 
after she said it, I, of course, got online and I tried to find as much information as I could. And of course, it's a whole bunch of blonde and brunette white folks talking about you can still find love and relationships are fine and you're not a bad person. And I'm just like, uh, okay, none of this is in a tone that is really digestible for me. None mm-hmm. of it was, it, it just really, at first it was just all a shock. Yeah. It was because I'd been a serial relationship person. Yeah. And um, about the how you got it and who you got it from, that's always a really difficult conversation since it is so common. And for one, there's HSV-1 and there's HSV-2. Uh, HSV Generally, HSV-1 is oral herpes. It's cold sores. HSV-2 is generally um, genital herpes. Uh, you can present with HSV-1 genitally. I don't know if you can ha- you can present with cold sores as HSV-2. I don't fucking know. Um, I, at the time, I the only way I found out is because they did a blood test. So it wasn't like I'd gone in for a problem visit. I didn't show any signs or anything. I went in. At the time, I was asymptomatic. And, um, you know, from doing blood work, because I'd broken up with a boyfriend, uh, let's say, a couple months prior. Mm -hmm. And um, I was in a new relationship. And the... um, after I'd gone to GYN for a normal path, and I always do, you know, blood work, run the test, just because, you know, you're an adult. You're, if you're yeah. sexually active, you're supposed to, um, you know, be aware of your status. And that's how I found out that I had herpes. And after she explained, um, you know, after, like, I was with, I had a boyfriend at the time, and we stayed together. He was very supportive. Um, and then after we broke up, she was like, you know, she had already told me, like, you don't have to say anything to anybody. So initially, I went with that, and I just felt like shit. Like, yeah. I felt like a bad person. I felt like that's how I got in this situation. And so I say all of that to say, the partner that I think I got it from, um, after I got my results, I immediately called him because I knew he was in a situation where he was with another partner, and I knew that it could be a situation where he may not know that he has it and would then pass it on to her. Um, his response was, I'm sorry. Oh, so he knew. That's how I take it. Um, so, but the, the thing about herpes is that, now mind you, I had been tested before I had been with him. Cause like I said, I, after like a breakup or you, after a new partner, I would get tested. So I never showed positive before. But the catch with herpes is that your healthcare provider will not, I won't say all of them, but a vast majority of them will not test unless you, you have to ask request for it. it. Yeah. Because it's so common, because so many people have it, they normally don't test unless you ask. Um, because it's just one of those things that is not going to kill you. It's not going to, it's just a, um, it's a, I guess you could call it, a, I forgot what the wording was. Like, um, a conflict of life, or not a conflict of life, it's just an inconvenience, essentially. Yeah. There are no health risks necessarily associated with it. So um, I don't know if I just wasn't particularly tested for it in, you know, the future, I mean, prior, and that's why it didn't show. But I 
didn't have any reason to be tested this time and she tested and it showed up so I I can't really call it but considering that nigga response I've gone with the the story that it was that motherfucker there um but you know it doesn't really matter it don't really matter where it came from or how I got it I got it now and yeah. it, it ain't going nowhere so. so what has dating been like it's been trash. I personally, um, I would like to think I haven't been, I don't know if it's a thing that you can like clinically diagnose with. I, I think I have an avoidant personality where I don't necessarily, I don't like rejection at all. So I never really, I don't think I ever really enjoyed dating to begin with just because I don't like that getting to know you phase. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are realistic expectations? That's a difficult space for me. And now adding on having to have the conversation about disclosing that I have herpes to a partner just makes it more uncomfortable for me. So I absolutely hate dating. Like, I don't enjoy it. Um, But, you know, I get attention, you know, it's that it's not going to change. But it's just me getting out of my head. Mm-hmm. When do I tell this person? How do I tell this person? Do I tell them in person? Do I tell them on the phone? Do I tell them in a text message? Do I? And then it's the, okay, is this person going to be malicious about it? Or if I send them a text message, do they screenshot it? And do they publicly tell the world that I have herpes? So it's like that's always been, it's always in the back of my mind when mm-hmm. I start to like somebody. And then it's one of those things where if I don't think that I'm going to have sex with you, I absolutely don't find the point in telling you that much about me. So for me, it's one of those things where if I don't think that there's going to be anything sexual between us, then I don't mention it Mm -hmm. because it's none of your business. Yeah. But then if I think that we're going to get to the stage where we will be intimate, then I absolutely do tell my partners. Um, So it's not easy. I I feel like I remember you telling me about like an app, a dating app for people who have herpes. It's called Positive Singles. And it's not just people with uh, herpes. There are HIV positive um, singles on there, um, singles and couples. Um, there are, uh, other STDs on there. I, I don't know if I've seen anyone with AIDS on there. So I will say if you do venture to positive singles, it has been, and I've met people that I've known. I've seen people that I know on there. I, after speaking about it in, uh, I guess like different group settings, I've had friends of mine that Mm -hmm. have come to me and say, oh, I have it as well. And, um, so you absolutely would be surprised by who you know that has it. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely know friends that have other friends that have it and have had different, um, you know, experiences with it. But there are dating apps. Um, the only one that I've found and used was Positive Singles. It's not the greatest user interface. I mean, it's not, you know, and it's not very swipe left, swipe Right, that's not how mm-hmm. it works either. But it's kind of, I'm trying to think of one that I could compare it to. And I'm kind of drawing a blank, but. But is the, the how are the quality of trash? But they trash. trash on all the apps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, now catch, 
the the issue for me with that is that if you have a paid membership, you can initiate a conversation. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a paid membership, someone with a paid membership has to initiate a conversation. You can absolutely um, look at profiles. You can like a profile, but mm-hmm. all you're gonna do is go back and forth liking each other, or send. There are like generic messages that you can send where it says, um, "I'm interested. Please po- uh, post more photos," or you know, I'm interested, message me and stuff like that. But you can't go any further if you don't have a paid profile. And I refuse to pay for a dating site. So (laughs) there's that. But I have, and I've met some really, really dope people. Mm -hmm. I've met attractive people on there because it's an everybody thing. Like you'd be surprised how many people have it. And you live a normal life. It's not like we go through the herpes doorway when we go through places. It's not like we, you know, um, only shop at herpes stores. It's like we out here and we normalize motherfuckers like everybody else. And um, it's not, um, I mean, you can. I can still have children. Mm-hmm. I can still have normal sex. It's just you avoid sex when you have an outbreak. It's just yeah. the way. So how often do you have an outbreak? It depends. I've found that as I've gotten older, it's just the same way I'm trying to figure my body out in the way that I can tolerate alcohol now, the way that I um, don't respond well to the same foods. It's like I'm still gauging what my how my outbreaks present as a 30 plus Mm -hmm. person. So it's 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 not often. But when it does happen, it's still annoying. How long does an outbreak Last for a couple of days. Couple yeah. of days. It's like the length of a period for the most part. Really? And mm-hmm. is it like what does it feel like? It's uncomfortable. That's it. It's like itchy, burning. It, it can be itchy. It could be just sensitive to touch. Mm-hmm. Um how like how would I describe it? Sometimes you notice it and a lot of it it's funny because they always tell you avoid stress. Mm-hmm. Which, like... I'm black. Right. Like... In America. Right. I work a job with white folks. So there is no, like, avoid stress. That's... um, I hate hearing that avoid stress. It's like everybody has stress. I don't care what you look like. We're women that work. We have stress. Mm -hmm. I work in a very uh, male-dominated industry, so stress on stress. Yeah. Just the work that I do in general, stress on stress. So avoiding stress isn't going to happen. But I do find that when I am able to avoid um, stress for long periods of time, I absolutely just feel so much better completely. So of Mm -hmm. course that translates into not having an outbreak as well. Yeah. Um, But it's not um, a you can't get out of bed situation. It's not your your shit is falling off of your body. It's not, I can't walk. It's just discomfort. It's just discomfort. It's uncomfortable. Um, and that's really it. So what has your experience been in dating and letting guys know? I, for the most part, have had really great responses. I can only really remember two, three, three men that were not receptive one almost got violent and immediately had to put him out the house that was that was the worst experience I had that was the worst experience I had 
Um, and we hadn't had sex. We had messed around. Then I had another guy. He was, God bless him. Um, I think he had, like, touched me. Like, we had, like, been to that stage of intimacy where we were playing with each other. And poor baby was just like, do I have it now? Like, oh. <laughs> I was like, nah, bro, you good. Like, wash your hands. Like, fine. <laughs> like, that was really it. But he was so clueless. Yeah. And I get it. If you don't feel like you have to know, you're not going to know. Like, I wasn't Googling herpes. I wasn't Googling. Like, I've never had gonorrhea. So I never Googled gonorrhea to learn about gonorrhea. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just like, you, you don't know what you don't have to know in mm-hmm. many instances. But if you fucking, you should want, you want to know. Yeah. Only because it's one of those things where it's not that your partner is necessarily being malicious if they don't tell you they have it. Because the majority of people don't know that they have it. And that's why it's so prevalent. That's why so many people have it is because you can pass it even if you don't have, um, I guess you could say, a typical outbreak. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to see it to be, to have it be transmittable. Mm-hmm. I think it's called shedding. So essentially, it's basically it's the exact same as a cold sore. Mm-hmm. It's just in a different spot. It's the exact same thing as a cold sore. I said it's slow for anyone that wasn't certain. <laughs> it just shows up in a different part of your body. So for everybody that gets cold sores, you have herpes. You don't have general herpes, but it's herpes, and it um, you can pass. You can get general herpes from receiving oral sex from someone that has a cold sore and it's kind of like if they don't know they're going to get a cold sore like if someone goes down on their partner on monday and then they get a cold sore on tuesday Mm -hmm. you might want to you know double check look into that only because of the nature of the virus it's a skin condition so your skin was working on something before Mm -hmm. it popped up um but it's you know, something that's not going to kill you. It's not a, I guess you could say roadblock to dating. It's more of a hindrance. It's more of that level of comfort for you to tell your partner that that's where you at with it. And I mean, honestly, I think that it works more to your sexual benefit only because now that you know you're able to be more aware of your body whereas Mm -hmm. if someone doesn't know that they have it they can ignore what might be an outbreak or might be something to be um a little not sensitive around but to to hold off on Mm -hmm. sexual intimacy or something um because they don't know that that's what they have because keep in mind outbreaks don't have to be like these I think the misconception might be for some people that they think that outbreaks are always a sore. It doesn't have to present that way. Yeah. So if you shave or if you have an ingrown hair or if um, like certain things may not look like it, may not look like it, but can be it. And then also vice versa. Like don't go thinking just because you have an ingrown hair, now you have herpes. Or just because there is a pimple or a bump or something, that that's what it is. There are a million... WebMD will tell you that there are a million different reasons for a million different things to mm-hmm. present themselves and show up. But because you are, or if you are with someone that knows that they have it, for the most part, they if they are a, I don't want to say 
intuitive, but when you reach a certain level of mature, maturity, you start paying attention to your body and you start paying attention to what your body does when or what it may do. Mm-hmm. It's different for everybody, but you have a better chance of protecting yourself more safely when someone knows what their diagnosis is versus someone that doesn't know that they have it and can inadvertently pass it on to you. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, listen, guy, I got herpes. And he's like, oh, shit, me too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. He was terrible because he absolutely tried to fuck raw. Wow. And was just like, yeah, so do I. What's, what's the problem? Let's go. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And what was your response? I'm ashamed to say I still fucked him. It was even trash too. It was. It wasn't even. It wasn't even worth it. So I'm ashamed that I even gave him play after that. Like I really, really should have been like, okay, so you can leave because you absolutely would have risked my um, my status. Yeah. For your benefit. Yeah, because if you didn't say anything, so right. um, uh, Michaela Coel. She is the British actress who has... Uh, the, I May Destroy You, right? Yes. I May Destroy You. And that entire... It's so good. But the whole thing talks about different ways that a person could be raped. Mm. And Girl, in a sense... Girl, that's a conversation. In a sense... You're if, removing the, my ability to consent to certain activities. You're exactly. My, in a yeah. sense, if you did not say anything, he... That like, that's horrible, you know. And so, like, there are different examples. Each episode goes through just another way of a, of a woman's right or a man's right because they they right. do uh, focus on men also, but their right to consent is taken away from them. And so, like, I'm glad that you stopped and said, "All right, here's the deal." But I'm so disappointed that he was like, "Oh yeah, me too," because mm-hmm. like, if you did not have herpes. You right. almost did. And it's possible to not because just because you sleep with someone with herpes doesn't mean you're going to have herpes. That's mm-hmm. another misconception. You can absolutely safely sleep with someone that is herpes positive and you in turn not get herpes. You can, and I also would like to say though, it's always a risk. Yeah. I have a friend that got herpes wearing a condom. Like he's never like not protected himself and still got herpes because it's a skin to skin disease. So if you getting in there and your skin is touching each other, you can absolutely still get mm-hmm. it. So regardless of whether or not you're sleeping with somebody that doesn't like, for example, you, that's why I like to reiterate that even if you don't think somebody has herpes or someone's like, Oh no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You're still putting yourself at risk only because one majority of pra- medical practitioners are not testing for it. Two, how often now everybody should be getting tested normally if you're sexually active, but a lot of people don't. Right. So it's every time you have sex, it's a risk, but it's more of a mitigated risk when your partner knows what their status is so that you can adequately protect yourself and so that you can gauge what's going on with your body. Mm-hmm. Not to try to convince people to start fucking with people that have herpes if that's not your thing. Yeah. But it's also been a very um, harsh way for me to reevaluate how I value what I have to offer mm-hmm. because... 
I immediately was like, well, now what do I do? I can't. Nobody's going to want me now. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, what the fuck? I'm like, what can I bring to the table? But AKA, you're, you're not lonely at all. <laughs> like, you're not lonely. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I mean, single. But it's, it's a different level of lonely only because it becomes so difficult to open. For me, I can mm-hmm. only speak to my experience. Or because I don't like rejection and because I don't um, like being vulnerable. I just don't like being in the space of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, sidebar, Shorty, I was talking to earlier. Like, I don't even, like, love him dearly. I just don't want to be, I have a hard time even, even being vulnerable with people that I know well. Does he know? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, he does. Um, but it absolutely was a harsh way for me to forcefully reevaluate um I guess different aspects of self-esteem mm-hmm. like I'm more than what I can offer sexually yeah that's period end of story um but sexuality is a big part of relationships mm-hmm. and I'm a very sexual person and that is something that I enjoy doing so having those barriers around being able to freely express that um can be very difficult Mm -hmm. in terms of that not wanting to be vulnerable with people. But it also is, you know, a forceful way to kind of like just slow down and get to know somebody. Mm -hmm. Do I want to, and then I can always gauge where if I don't want to have that conversation with you, then, right, then do I really want to sleep with you anyway? Yeah. So it's, it's, it forces, for myself, it's forced me to really kind of take a look at how I view what I can offer in mm-hmm. a relationship. And um, they're not always good self-conversations because I'm not going to say even all this time being positive that I've mastered the yeah the self-care, self-talk. You are amazing. You is kind. You is smart. You is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like Sometimes it'd be rough. Yeah. It's rough. But, um, yeah, you know, nigga trying to work through it. Well, I am so thankful for you uh, being open and honest and just giving a perspective to to other people. I think this is not a conversation that people have openly, Mm -hmm. um, which is it's needed because there needs to be a level of understanding in general. Um, I want to shout out the Rewind Drinks real quick because we have been sipping on this Mango Rita. Yeah. Man good. So good. Man good. And we both have like newly established right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, she was telling me that it's, a, it's originally made with Patron and I was like, please leave that devil juice out of my Mango Rita. And she replaced it with vodka it came in a nice big beautiful bottle it was cute yeah and she delivered it so that's at the rewind drinks thank you so much for um right black owned also uh thank you for the libations and thank you d carrie for coming through how do you feel let the people know how you feel and let them know how they can uh keep in contact with you I mean, I feel fine because, shit, I got to deal with it anyway. You know what I mean? Whether I feel good or bad about it, it's my life, you know? And it's one of those things where I absolutely have to consistently remind myself that 
it's not the end of the world. And it's just one of those conversations that I have to have repeatedly with myself. You know, like you, I can have a great week Mm -hmm. and be like, you know, it's nothing. It's not a big deal. And then sometimes you, I actually just have a really difficult time, but such is life, you know, such is life. I found that being open helped, well, someone else being open helped me so Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. And anytime that I personally have been open, it's always been received with, um, thanks and helping somebody else. Yeah. So I I absolutely feel like the, the benefits outweigh, Mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, I guess not the harm, but the discomfort. Yeah. The benefits outweigh the discomfort. So, you know, it is what it is and it doesn't have to be the end of the world. Like it's not, it's been almost 10 years. Right. And, and even 10 years in the shit is still difficult. Yeah. Because, Ten years in, what I'm, I would have been twenty five. I'm be thirty five next month, and it's the same way I continuously grow mm-hmm. into adulthood and through adulthood. It's like you know different, different battles, different trials, and you evaluate and experience yourself differently through it. So I don't want anybody to think that you know it's just the overnight acceptance of it. Like you could be good with it for two years, then you know a bad relationship come across with someone react negatively and now you're reevaluating. Yeah. Just give yourself grace. You gotta give yourself grace. With this as the same with anything else. Okay. And where can they find you? Um, if you got more questions and shit, just hit me at underscore D C A R R I E. The kid is out here. Um, I can't answer your science questions and I will absolutely let you know that it is difficult to find information online. You can find 10 different sites with 12 different, you know, pieces of information and ideas. It's, I really wish that it were so much easier other than, um, going through like medical literature that, that ain't what my my lane is like I don't understand what I'm reading mm-hmm. I read very well but in terms of ingesting it and understanding it it doesn't always sit that well so you can also ask your practitioner but sis told me not to tell anybody so you was know. she black or white no nah, she was white okay she was white middle-aged white lady okay but um yeah so absolutely do your research and I will say that if someone discloses to you whether or not you're interested in being intimate with them, please do us the favor and just be gentle with niggas' feelings. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, a dramatic kind of just, you know, take some time and make your decision. Don't make it more difficult on the person because I promise you it took a lot to have the courage to Even share anything. something yeah. so private with you. So it, it's not that you have to be okay with it. But, you know, just, just be gentle. Consider how you would want to be received when giving bad news. Well, not I don't want to say bad because it shouldn't necessarily be a negative thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But giving personal news. If, you're, mm-hmm. if something is difficult for you to do, the last thing you want it to be met with is uh, really strong resistance. Yeah. So, you know, just take a beat and try to be graceful because it took a lot for that person to tell you. Thank you so much, D. Carrie. It was my pleasure. All right, y'all, signing off until next time.